0: Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your host. I'm Abby.
1: And I'm Erica. And today I'm going to be telling you guys about the disappearance of Claudia Lawrence.
0: Today I am drinking some very yummy coffee from Puerto Rico that I got on my trip about, I don't know, a month ago, two months ago, sometime. It's very tasty.
1: Delicious. And today we are recording this episode on November 2nd which is the day that Starbucks released their Christmas drinks. And I am very excited. And I got their chestnut praline latte, which if you don't know me, this is my favorite drink that Starbucks has ever created. And I will spend more money in the months of November and December at Starbucks than I do the rest of the months combined just on this drink. Speaking of like
0: exciting Christmas time stuff that you and I like to consume, the other day, Cooper and I were driving and we were pulling into Walgreens to get something and I got really excited because I remembered that popcorn tins were coming out and I gasped really loudly and it was while he was driving and he freaked out and (laughs) thought we were like gonna get in a car crash and I was like I just remembered popcorn tins will be out soon and there was quite the look of disappointment on his face.
1: Well Cooper just doesn't understand popcorn tins.
0: They're best. Oh man.
1: They are so great
0: and so i get one
1: for abby every year for christmas
0: i think I've there's left. at least three or four three or four three or four people <laughs> that usually get me them on top of me buying myself mini. so i'm not i'm gonna never ever ever look up how many calories i'm eating in those because it is
1: a lot <laughs> something that we don't need to know nope speaking nope. of christmas really quick and then we'll get this intro over with um (laughs) Abby and I are gonna be going on a little trip together with a bunch of other uh friends of ours and we're gonna go to Frankenmuth Michigan for I think all of our first time yeah and which is like Christmas town and so hopefully we enjoy that
0: I'm excited get some Christmas gifts some Christmas merch if you will
1: yes I'm very excited and I'm hoping that they have some fun coffee and or popcorn over there
0: okay anyway so uh yeah uh, (laughs) true crime grab your coffee and let's uh what's that uh dive in We will continue on with our content for this week's episode shortly but first we wanted to take a moment to let you know about an opportunity to listen to even more crime over coffee content by signing up for our patreon you can receive ad-free episodes and additional content to check out this opportunity and sign up for the crime over coffee patreon visit www.patreon.com crime coffee pod thank you again for all of your support
1: Claudia Elizabeth Lawrence was born in Moulton, North Yorkshire on February 27th, 1974, and was raised by her father, Peter Lawrence, and her mother, Joan. She, at the time of our story, she was about 35 years old and was working as a chef at the Godrick College at the Roger Kirk Center of the University of York. And her typical shift was the morning shift. On Wednesday, March 18th, 2009, Claudia left work at 2.30 p.m., which was her typical time, and started her three-mile walk home. She was walking because her car was actually in the shop. Three miles after work is a commitment. Well, she was walking three miles to work in the morning and three miles home from work for, like, multiple weeks while her car was being serviced. Claudia's dad had offered to let her use his car for the few weeks while her car was unavailable, but she said she really didn't mind the walk because it, the weather wasn't bad at the time. And so she was fine with doing it. She went to work around 5 a.m. every morning is like when she would start her walk. And I just, no part of me is doing a three-mile walk at 5 a.m. I Really, I'm not doing anything at 5 a.m. because I hate mornings. But I'm not doing a three-mile walk. That is some dedication on Claudia's part. Like I said, she was walking home on March 18th after work. And so she did arrive home at some point in time. One of her friends said that they saw her on her way home and they did end up offering her a lift home and she accepted it. So she was actually dropped off at her house at 2.50. So about 20 minutes after she left work, she got home. And then another friend saw her at her house that night. So multiple people knew that she was home that evening, Claudia spoke to her mom, Joan, and told her that she, you know, had to get up around 5 a.m. because she had to be to work at 6. And then she also then talked to her dad, who, her parents were divorced, so she talked to him separately. And he once again was like, hey, if you really need the car, like, I will let you use it. And she's like, no, it's fine. Like, I'll just get up at 5. I gotta be to work at 6. I don't mind. However, the next morning, Claudia never showed up for work. So this would be Thursday, March 19th. And her boss was immediately concerned and her coworkers were concerned because she had worked there for three years and was very reliable, had never not shown up for work, had never been absent or anything. And so her boss like calls her. She doesn't answer. I don't know how many times he necessarily called, but she doesn't answer. And he was like, this is really weird. And so honestly, what her boss and co-worker said is they kind of were just waiting around expecting her to just rush through the door at any time with a very valid excuse and be like this is why i'm not i was late for work like i'm so sorry but by the end of the day she still hadn't shown up for work she still hadn't called anybody and nobody knew where she was her boss for whatever reason decided that it wasn't concerning enough to call anybody else so he didn't call her family or anybody in her life to see where she was. I think he was probably just expecting her to be her next shift or for her to call at some point in time and say everything was fine. Later that night on March 19th, Claudia's best friend, Susie Cooper, was at a pub and waiting for Claudia to show up. And when she didn't, Susie got a little worried. So she called a few times, but Claudia never answered. And she's like, well, you know, she got up early this morning and has been walking back and forth from work. She also has to get up early the next day for work. So I'm going to just assume she fell asleep when she got home and is just still sleeping. And that's why she's not answering or why she isn't meeting. So Susie just goes home and decides she'll try again to talk to Claudia in the morning. And so she goes home and the next morning... She still can't get a hold of Claudia, and Claudia hasn't returned any of her calls. So now this is Friday, March 20th, and this is officially very concerning. So she decides to call Claudia's father. I think the unfortunate thing in this situation is that everybody did what most people would do, and they just kept holding out hope and being so optimistic in the situation and trying to think of all these different excuses and things. And so it, it did take... You know, over 24 hours before Claudia was even reported missing and before police even got wind of any sort of concern or even before her family got wind of any concern. Aside from the
0: fact that we obviously would get nervous pretty early because we constantly are looking into this stuff, I feel like I also would you know just immediately be like oh it's probably fine she's tired she went to bed i mean my brain's not wired that way now but if i wasn't into true crime i'm sure that's exactly what i would be thinking
1: well everybody has this mindset right that this can't happen to me like these situations are not going to happen to me because of x y and z or because they seem so far away from those situations and so they're like well this is more not a real thing that happens And it just doesn't seem realistic. And so then when it's happening in their own life, it does take them a little extra time to really process. Because this is a lot to, one, be concerned that somebody you care about and love is missing. But then also to start to think about even where to start with somebody missing. Like, where do you look first? I think it's just a very overwhelming thought. And people want to avoid that for as long as possible. When Susie calls Peter, he says, well, you know, I I talked to her Wednesday night this is what I know. And he he explains, you know, that she was gonna walk, she was walking to work. He offered his car, she declined, but he said that they had made arrangements to meet for a drink on Friday evening. And so he's like, I didn't really expect to talk to her on Thursday at all. So it didn't, he didn't notice anything was weird, but they decide, you know what? Let's go together to Claudia's house and just go and check on her. So when Peter and Susie arrive at Claudia's house, they knock on her door, There's no answer. Peter uses his key to unlock her door and walks in. And they're yelling out for Claudia, expecting to find her somewhere. And they get nothing. No response. So they start looking around, as anybody would do, to see what's there. And they see that Claudia's handbag and wallet were there. But they notice that her cell phone and her bag that she would use to carry her chef's uniform back and forth to work was also missing.
0: So are they thinking she left and was taken some time on her way to work?
1: That is definitely their thought process at this current moment. But they don't really know exactly what to think. When when they're looking around, there's no signs of a struggle anywhere. Her bed was made, which indicates that, you know, she'd probably finished getting ready in the morning. There were a few dishes in the kitchen sink. Her silver necklace and ring were sitting on her bedside table which was where she would leave them when she was headed to work. If she was going out after work, she would always put them on. So it indicates that she most likely, well, we knew that she had made it home from work. So it was most likely that she had left for work in the morning, left those items at home, grabbed her bag with her chef uniform and her cell phone, and then headed to work. And something happened on that journey. Peter is obviously concerned about his daughter's safety at this point, And he's like, We need to call the police because it's been, you know, over 24 hours since anybody's heard from her. More like 36 at this point. So he calls the police and reports her missing. Believe it or not, Abby, police in England are the same as police in America. And they were like, meh, she's an adult. She probably left on her own. She can go do what she wants. Technically,
0: she did leave on her own, but she didn't leave the vicinity on her own. I can't even imagine being a family member and getting told that.
1: I think that there would be so many emotions. I think, you know, you're going to have obviously that worry. You're going to have a lot of anger and you're going to have a lot of helplessness, basically, Mm because you want to be there, especially as a parent. Your basic instinct is to protect your kid. And in this moment, you're trying and the police are like, we're not going to help you. I can't even imagine feeling that trapped in that situation. I don't even want to think about being in that situation, but I know that there's no way that I could sit still. I would Mm be everywhere looking. I would call every (laughs) single person I know and say, get your ass out, let's go. And it doesn't even have to be a family member. I don't know. It just, I would be so frustrated if I was one of them.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: When the police were talking to Peter, they're like, you know, maybe she's just one away to get away from life for a few days. She'll be back. And Peter was like, eh, this is really concerning though because her money, her bank cards, her passport, like everything's still in her house. So where would she have gone without any of that? He also pointed out that Claudia never just went away on her own. This is very abnormal behavior. She always would let her parents or her friends know like, hey, I'm leaving and tell them where she was going. So... He also pointed out, you know, she had no history of depression or mental illness. She didn't have any drug use. She didn't have anything crazy. She loved her job. She enjoyed her life. And everybody was honestly really just confused at this point. So finally, the police were like, okay. So they start to get involved in searching a little. And they search along the route that Claudia would normally take to work. And they look to see if there was any sort of accident, like a hit and run or... Somebody got hit by a car, checking the hospitals. They're looking for all this stuff in that area. They start checking surveillance footage on the CCTV cameras. And they don't see anything on the route that she would normally work. On the route that she would normally walk. So they're like, well, maybe she took one of the side streets that don't have CCTV cameras. And maybe she just decided to switch it up for the day. Which I guess is possible if it's the most direct route when walking. I would probably do go that way driving sometimes i'll take like a slightly different route for a change in scenery but only if it's just a few seconds longer like yeah and i don't know how long it would have added for her to walk to a different side street and i don't know i don't think that that's likely and but she's already walking so far exactly who would add more to that and i don't know maybe she really enjoyed that time in the mornings to herself but it still seems abnormal So police then were like, okay, let's check her cell phone records. And they look and they see that she last used her phone around 9 p.m. on Wednesday night. And then didn't respond to any texts or calls on Thursday. They do note that her phone remained on until Thursday afternoon. However, they can see that the phone was turned off by someone. It was turned off deliberately at 12.08 p.m. on March 19th. During this time frame, her phone was connected to the same cell tower that was near her house. So if she had left in the morning on her own accord, she wouldn't have made it very far before somebody stopped her. After several days had gone by without anybody hearing from Claudia or seeing her, investigators were officially at a point where they were like, okay, maybe something happened. Maybe she was abducted on her way to work in the morning because they're like, we're not seeing anything else. And... So they start interviewing loved ones and people in her life. And really, they're not getting it anywhere. Well, I was going
0: to, but it's not necessarily appropriate. Oh, okay.
1: They talked to her parents, Peter and Joan. And they asked, you know, when you last talked to her, did anything seem abnormal? And they're like, nope, everything seemed completely normal for Claudia. And... Then they asked, you know, did, did she have any plans to go out Wednesday? Did Like, is there anything you could think of? She, they're like, no, nope. she didn't. She wasn't going to go out Wednesday night because she had to be up early Thursday morning. It was 8, 10 when she talked to her mom on the phone that night and she was at her house when she talked on the phone. So they're like, she wouldn't have gone out after that. On March 26, 2009, detectives get word that maybe Claudia had potentially met up with someone she knew. On March 26th, detectives do state that they think potentially Claudia could have actually gone out and met with somebody even though her family didn't think that she would have because after she talked to her mom she didn't use her phone anymore which was also abnormal for Claudia because her friends were like she treated her phone as if it was like a part of her like she was always on her phone she was texting her friends talking to her friends so it was really suspicious that her phone was not used after that last phone call with her mom the police still with looking they're like we can't find evidence of foul play we don't think she left voluntarily so we're assuming something did happen her parents said we don't think she would get in a car with somebody that she didn't know so if something happened it was most likely somebody she had previously met her family ended up launching a social media campaign within a few days and they ended up getting over 10,000 followers there was a bunch of people like passing out flyers. Everybody was just trying to get some sort of information, hoping that it would jog up some sort of memory and maybe people would be able to find Claudia. While this didn't lead to finding Claudia, it did bring out maybe a few more witnesses who came forward with some more information that could be connected to Claudia. On April 2nd, 2009, investigators came out and said that they were trying to identify a pickup truck that they had seen outside of Claudia's home around 9 o'clock the night before she went missing. They said it was a Ford Ranger Thunder, and they were thinking that it was somebody that had come by to talk to Claudia after she'd gotten off the phone with her mom. Nobody really came forward with that, except for a little bit later, detectives got some more word that maybe... They had seen a couple arguing around 6, 10 a.m. on the day Claudia disappeared on the University Road, which would be an area that she would have taken. And they were like, they were standing outside by a car. We don't really know what the car looked like, but the man they were able to give a sm- light description of, and they said he was skinny, about five foot six, and he was wearing a dark hoodie. Somebody also came out at one point and said that they thought they saw somebody in a, a man in a dark hoodie outside of Claudia's apartment the night before she went missing as well. So police think that this individual is slightly interesting. It is weird that their conversation was still happening at 610 if it was Claudia because technically she should be at work at that point in time, but it could have been her. Maybe she was just running late or maybe their conversation was causing her to be late. Five weeks after Claudia went missing, detectives did come out and say, you know, unfortunately we believe that Claudia is no longer alive and we are officially treating this case as a murder. And they said, you know, we don't have any proof of death, but we have no proof of life. So Crime Stoppers actually worked with them and offered a 10,000 pound reward, or it's a little over 12,000 U.S. dollars reward for information leading to Claudia's whereabouts. They followed up on lots of different sightings. Like I said, there were some different people that I had mentioned before in that black hoodie. They Somebody identified two men outside of her home with one maybe both being asian but none of them have been identified that's all the description that was given they also kind of got some word from somebody that was like they started to question you know was she in some sort of secret relationship that maybe friends didn't know about was she doing something weird and all of her friends were like really there's nothing that would she would do. Like, I don't think she was in a weird relationship. They knew that she had a male friend in Cyprus. So they, which was an island, or which is an island, didn't go away. But they knew that the last text that Claudia had received was from him. I don't know what it said, but she never replied to it. It was just the last text message he received on Wednesday night. That was just the last text message she received on Wednesday night. And so they checked, they started to check Cyprus to see if she was maybe there. They... Talked to some different people on the island and nobody had anything to do with it nobody knew where she was they kind of ruled out that lead as well sometime in september of 2009 they got a tip that they should check the biology department at the university so they went to check it and i guess they'd previously checked the campus in quite a few different spots and a lot of they had some construction sites going on at the time that they had checked but they never found anything when they checked the biology department, they didn't find anything either.
0: That's an interesting one because that's so specific.
1: It, yeah, it is very specific. And it makes me wonder if somebody almost blamed somebody in the biology department and questioned if they had something to do with it. And that's why they suggested that area. Mm-hmm. But it didn't really come of anything. So a year, about a year later, police do end up releasing the CCTV images of her that they had they had gotten the day before she went missing because she had stopped at the post office around 2 o'clock when she was leaving work and mailed a letter before she left for home. Investigators could not determine who she mailed the letter to, and so they have no idea if it's at all involved in her case or not. It's just one of the places that she had been seen on the day that she left, so they're obviously going to check it out. The case kind of goes cold after that first year. Then for the next three years, there's not really anything. In October of 2013, detectives say, you know, we're going to start Looking at the case again. They researched her home. They re-looked through everything as technology had advanced. They were hoping that something would come up. Nothing did. Over the course of these few years, there was nine people that they had brought in to be questioned, but no charges were brought to the case. In 2021, police drained a lake as they thought maybe there was something in relation to Claudia's disappearance, but they never revealed what prompted them to search the lake. And they ended up admitting that they found nothing of significance, but they did supposedly spend two weeks searching the lake and the woods near the lake to see if there's anything. So it wasn't without trying. Claudia's dad, Peter, unfortunately passed away in 2021, which was really sad because he was one who was super active in trying to get any sort of information out there about Claudia and really trying to keep her case alive. He, campaign to try to get answers about her disappearance he also ended up pushing for the guardianship missing persons bill which is known as claudia's law so claudia's law states that one or more relatives of a missing person aged over 18 or a suitably qualified professional may apply to the court to be appointed as a guardian in respect of some or all of the the financial affairs of a person who has been missing for at least 90 days and there's more to this law but i mean the main thing is that he would be able, that a loved one would be able to have some sort of say in some financial stuff and be able to look at it and take it over after somebody's been missing for 90 days which i think makes sense because at this mm-hmm. point what do you what do you do also i think we've talked about it before and i have know other people have talked about it but in certain situations like if you go missing you can't just unless you know the passwords and stuff like you can't just access the financial records and bank statements of people that you care about like you have to have permission it has to be court ordered and then it takes a while and they have to get a warrant to be like police have to get a warrant to be able to look through any of that so it can delay some of the investigation stuff once again this is 90 days but it is at least a start so it is important you know if somebody in your life or if you write it down somewhere or whatever have an if I go missing book. I think I think Crime Junkie has something. They had something about like that. that. They had something like that. I don't remember what it was called, but things like that. <clears throat> Claudia's case has been featured on Missing or Murdered. It is season one, episode two, if you want to go and watch it. There was also a book written about her disappearance called Gone. The disappearance of Claudia Lawrence and her father's desperate search for the truth. Unfortunately, it's been 14, getting close to 15 years since Claudia went missing and there are no real answers as to what happened. This is one of the cases that is kind of a mystery to a lot of people because there's not really any evidence to go off of. It's a lot of hearsay and this witness and that witness and the witnesses' story is not really lining up, but there's just not very many answers as to what happened to Claudia. Thanks to listening to this week's
0: episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at pot at outlook.com. All of our sources can be found in the show notes for each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. You can also support us by recommending us to friends and family, giving us a good review on Apple Podcasts, or subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.